This is E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune, where we bring you in-house expertise that serves all energy sectors. We examine emerging financial and technology trends and provide a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Opportune podcast and another episode of E2B, Energy to Business. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks again for joining us on another episode of E2B as we explore major trends, technologies, methodologies, and just host some important conversations in the broader energy industry. So as we explore today's conversation, I want to make sure that you are all tapped into our previous episodes as well as other related content. So make sure that you're heading to our website, opportune.com. Again, opportune.com for more episodes of the podcast, more videos, articles, blogs, etc., And you'll also find a full scope of our solutions and industries we serve. You'll find that it's not just energy that we have some touch points in. And of course, you can subscribe to E2B on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations as well as notifications when we drop new episodes. So on today's episode of E2B, we're going to be digging into one of Opportune solutions for the data warehouse. So as every modern business knows, the data warehouse is the hub for storing vital data that keeps a business functional, intelligent, lean, etc. That can be customer data, payroll data, operational data, sales data, all of it, right? But as more and more business processes take on a layer of data ingestion and analysis, sifting through all of it in an actionable way can become challenging and even hindering to a business's success. And because this uh, era of digital transformation has become an era of digital differentiation, it's incredibly important to be able to intake all of this data and make good use of it. So today we're going to be offering some potential solutions to this challenge by getting a lay of the land and unpacking Opportune's platform, as well as how it links with some of the biggest challenges in legacy data warehouse business intelligence. So I'm pleased to welcome our three guests for a little business intelligence panel. We'll go down the line. First up, we have Byrony Cohn. She's principal at Opportune. Byrony, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thanks again for joining us. We're also joined by Kyle Lung. He's a manager at Opportune. Kyle, hello. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to be back on the podcast with you, Daniel. Yeah, good to be chatting again. And then we're joined by another Kyle, Mr. Kyle Blair. He's a director at Opportune. Kyle, how are you doing? Doing great, Daniel. Glad to be doing this during $90 oil, not going to lie. Yeah, it is definitely the time for a podcast, and I know all of us are dealing with some winter storm action too. So, hey, uh, gives us something to keep our minds activated. So I'm glad that all three of y'all are here um, giving us your thoughts again on strategies for tackling some of those big challenges in legacy data warehouse business intelligence capture and use. So let's jump into it. Now that we're in the thick of it, and like I said, digital transformation is more of a norm, and it's not really you know this era where we talk about, wow, companies are just starting their digital transformation. Most companies have digitally transformed a lot of their processes and, and data sets. So now we're in this place of digital differentiation, where it's how you utilize this transition and these data sets to really stand out in your industry. I'm curious what y'all see as some of the current challenges that businesses face in intaking 
all of this data? Where are they still struggling even after, you know, this being a norm for a while? I can go ahead and get started on that one. I think what, what what's really interesting right now specifically is 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 most of these companies that you know in, in their day to day have have a certain you know production environment where they where they do their their daily jobs and and they have specific data sets that deal with it in in a, in a normal day basis and and you want to keep that as pristine as possible and so anytime you're in those environments and and you're having that data you know inflow and outflow and the, and the reporting that you do obviously going for accuracy but you know that's that's not always the case um, mistakes are made essentially and. And in that case, it's important to not only just have, you know, correct data, but any historical data that you've done in the past or any processing that you might have done um, that you may want to go back, you know, three, four months, three, four years and, and, and see what happened there. And specifically with the data warehouse and the data transformation there, it's, it's, it's really important to have a history, understand why it happened, because, you know, you might be doing this job one day, but four or five years down the road, it might be someone completely different. And so having that um, not only the current data that you're using, but that data trail is pretty vital to make sure that you can kind of keep a chain of custody. And so future employees and future people that need to see that down the road, you know, they don't have your brain, but they can at least see kind of see your thought processes and what you were doing digitally. And I think particularly in like digital transformation, what a lot of companies are doing is, you know, upgrading their systems or changing their platforms, right? And so you have to make sure that you have access to the historical data that was processed in previous systems, not only so that you can accurately report, but also, like Kyle said, you can research what, you know, historically had been done with these assets. And one of the things that Kyle mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast was, you know, as oil prices are climbing, you know, hitting $90 a barrel, there's a lot of acquisitions and mergers going on. And there's a lot of companies now that have the funding in, uh, that can be upgrading the systems like Byrony was mentioning. And so, you know, one of the things that a lot of companies now have to deal with as they are acquiring new companies or, or as they're merging or as they're upgrading their systems is what to do with that legacy data, what to do with that historical data that isn't necessarily native to the system that they're using today. Um, and so where do you store that data? How do you store it most efficiently? And then also, how do you keep track of all those historical purposes that Kyle was mentioning earlier in a single repository that's easy to use, easily accessible, and that gets the job done? So how are these challenges then impacting the management of businesses' legacy data warehouses? Kind of at large, but you also mentioned a few industries, specifically energy, naturally, where Opportune focuses a lot of its work. So feel free to intersect some specific industry examples too. But again, how are those challenges of making sense and doing anything actionable with the data impacting how the data is being managed and full scope of their data warehouses? I think historically people really have only, and guys, you know, chime in, but historically there've only been a couple of options. You either keep your legacy system available for some length of time, or you extract that data out of the legacy system and shelve it, be it in a, an access database or, you know, even, even spreadsheets or what have you. There really hasn't been a good solution for all of the stuff that you don't load into your new production live system to house that historical information, particularly transaction information that you may be subject to adjust on a go forward basis as new facts come in, volumes may change, prices may change. You may find out that somebody should have been exempt from transportation and historically they were charged for transportation, right? You have to have access to all of that data. And the biggest thing is, that especially if people have acquired or upgraded through multiple platforms, 
having it in one area in one consistent format is huge for the efficiency of the research. Kind of what Byron was mentioning is, is, is typically these systems that, that, you know, a lot of transactions are processed in or the stuff that people work in on a day-to-day basis, you, you've got four or five major players and you've got, you know, a couple other, other folks um, that, 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 you know, different, different companies might use, or they might have one-off in-house solutions that they create. And I mean, in a perfect world, when you extract the data and you, you, you want to manipulate it, you know, it, it would be, you know, pristine and, and very homogeneous in, in the way it comes out, but that's not the case. You know, every, every system, the data comes out differently. There's some certain fields in one system that wouldn't be in the other. They're called different things. And then a lot of it is just manipulating that data and getting it into a certain format. So once you have the data, multiple people can look at it and say, yes, this has all the information that I'm looking for. It has all the information that I need, and it's at a single location. So there is always going to be some data manipulation outside of the system, but getting into a, a singular place is something that, I mean, I've, I've, from my historical time in industry and from, from consulting, like I've been doing recently is, you know, that people think that it's, you know, a pie in the sky type deal, but I mean, having something like this is proving that that's not the case anymore. So. And, and picking back off of those things, you know, there, there are a lot of cons that, that both Byron and Kyle mentioned and how companies are still continuing to do this. So if, if you're keeping your, your legacy systems alive, that means most of the time you're still paying some sort of licensing fee to continue operating those legacy systems. If that legacy system is different than the system that you're currently using, then the staff that you have will then need to be trained or who are going to be accessing those legacy systems, not only need to be trained on the system that they're currently using, but they'll also need to know how to access that data in legacy systems. So, you know, two cons there is, you know, you're continuing to pay for fees that you don't need to be paying for. And then you also have to make sure that your staff has the training in order to know how to access the data that they're looking for. And then one of the other things that Barney had mentioned was keeping all of that information, extracting it out of a legacy system and putting it into an access database or just into another database. But a lot of times to the everyday user, to the to the actual revenue manager or to the AP clerk or to the people that actually need to go in and use this data to do their jobs, they don't necessarily need to be able to know how to write SQL coding in order to go in and extract that information or you know, things like that, that you would need to involve the IT team. And so that means now you're creating more folks that you need to go through in order to get the data that you need. And so some of these things are sometimes time dependent. And so the, the least amount of people that you have to go through to get the data that you need in order to do the, to do the thing that you need to do in your current system is super important so that you're not lagging behind and that you can get things done in a timely and efficient manner. That's why there's a lot of cons to these systems and, and why Opportune decided to focus on, on creating something that would allow users an easy and efficient way to access that data, one single solution that's easy to use. And like Kyle Blair was mentioning, columns and all of these different systems are going to be different. So, you, you know, in one system, it might be called one thing in another system, it's called something else. But all you need to, all you're trying to find is, you know, the name of a person. And so it's not always straightforward of how you find that in your legacy system, but in the system that Opportune has created and designed, you, know, you just search for the name. It's it's very straightforward and it's easy for the everyday user. And and just to quickly piggyback kind of a, an analogy that he was talking about, a lot of times that we see when we go to these companies is Kyle had mentioned that people keep legacy systems alive and they still pay the monthly and the yearly fees for doing that. And the analogy I always use is, is 
I've got friends that think Facebook's the devil. You know, they've been using it for a while, but there's other platforms there and they want to get off it, but they can't get off it because they, it's their photo album of the last 10 years, right? They don't want to lose all the photos that they have. And then, you know, Facebook came around and they, they, they make it almost impossible to find, but there is a way that you can download your photos, put them on another platform and actually get off of Facebook. And so, you know, some people make it really hard to get off of a, you know, a monthly or yearly licensee fee that people use, but, you know, pulling the plug and moving to what your preferred thing is, is, is nice when you have something better. And so I, I kind of think the data warehouse is, is I'm personally a little biased because it's our solution, but I think it's a great way to uh, save some costs by uh, moving off of your legacy system and having something new and flashy to, to show off. And one place to go to. So if you had multiple legacy systems, right, you've acquired data from, you know, four different platforms. It's all like Kyle said, homogeneous at this point. Right. So then before we get into opportune solution, then what do y'all offer as kind of your big picture solution strategy? Because it sounds like there are, you know, necessarily strategies for how to manage the view of the data, how to make sure that data across different verticals uh, or business processes are speaking to each other and can be cross-referenced. There's strategies for managing intake and for, you know, creating visualizers, for communicating that data back to end users or business partners, right? I mean, there's so many layers here. If you had to summarize, what's kind of your big picture solution strategy for managing this data at large? And then where does Opportune fit in to that strategy? What role do you play? And then we'll get into your uh, specific solutions here in a little bit. I think personally, when, when, when we go in and we, we, we do a lot of more high level uh, transactional due diligence and transactional advisory and going through a merger or an acquisition or a, a system implementation, we do, we do a lot of those different things. I think one of the, the, the big things that we originally noticed, a lot of times we, we, the first thing we do is, you know, go through the corporate structure and, and see all the different groups. And as you mentioned, the, the cross-referencing of data that, you know, Revenue and division order, they use the same data, but they're different groups. And, you know, how does how does one group intake that and who do they associate with? And and one thing that you see in common, everyone uses the same data for a completely different reason. And, you know, one record might essentially have, you know, 80 columns, but, you know, one group might only use five and the other one uses these other five. And, you know, one makes edits to these two and one makes edits to these five. And I think the, the big thing that we started noticing is... If you have a central location, uh, which everyone wants to do, for whatever reason, everyone's using the same data. And so a lot of times what you get tripped up on is different versions and different updates or, you know, I made these changes based on the spreadsheet that I kept native to my computer seven days ago. So I don't have the latest version. And so I did it on top of what you did. And therefore, we have a mismatch. Now that everyone's using the same data. I think that that was a big stretch for everyone to understand that, okay, we can go to one source of truth and we can break down what we need from there. And that, I think that is a big reason that we see pretty much in any company and even, even smaller groups within the company, that is a, a big benefit for something like this. All right, team. Well, thank you for laying out the big picture. Like I mentioned, the other purpose of this podcast is to try to get a better sense for how Opportune's solutions for legacy data warehouse business intelligence management play a role in this analysis, intake, and good strategy and use of important BI data. So for those that maybe aren't familiar with the data warehouse solution, can you describe what the tool is and why you developed it, right? 
what problem did you see in the field that you specifically wanted to address? And we kind of already broke that down, but connect the dots for us clearly for our audience. Yeah. So the, the legacy data warehouse is a tool that helps prioritize and simplify how stakeholders access and interact with their information that potentially spans a variety of systems and or acquisitions. So Opportune's data warehouse tool is built on Microsoft Power BI's platform and allows users to access across multiple departments within an organization to access legacy data to do anything from completing prior period adjustments to creating historical analytical reports. Yeah, when we're talking about kind of the the creation of the tool and the need that we saw, you know, all of the systems out there, different platforms, one of the main I wouldn't say drawback because it's completely understandable, but any of the systems out there are not going to natively do a reverse and rebook on a transaction unless it was processed originally in that system. And every client who's gone from one version of software to another version of software struggles with what we say, what we call legacy PPAs or prior period adjustments performed on a date prior to when you started actually transacting those those assets in your live environment. Every system out there has the option to do a manual upload of a reverse and a rebook, some with a little bit more bells and whistles than others, but the automation of that just doesn't exist because it wasn't natively processed on that platform. So this really gives clients an opportunity to not only do analytics on historical data, but also download into the correct format to upload into the systems if volumes have changed or prices have changed or ownership changes and it's effective pre go live on your platform. And specifically, um, like just kind of a bigger picture is there's always on every project, there's two or th three, oh man, this is going to be difficult. We're going to have to deal with this. And, um, you know, from, from doing this as long as, as Kyle By and Byron and I myself have, this is probably 99% of the time the biggest pain point in every single one of these projects. And so when you when you see something like that and you see a commonality of it, I, your first thought is, hey, you know, why is this a pain point? And it sure would be nice if this. And we, we finally heard enough people starting to talk about that. Um, and, and, and so we got to kind of down to business about trying to figure this out. You know, if we were doing this on a day-to-day -day basis, how would we envision this solution performing. And so that's kind of where it came from. Let's get a more detailed view of the specific challenges that the data warehouse solution addresses. So if you could kind of go down the hypothetical list of scenarios that you most often see your clients use the solution for and why. So some of those would be you know, data stored across multiple systems due to multiple acquisitions or system changes. Another big one is, is multiple cross-references data stored in locations across the company that may be unknown to the end user. And to go a little bit further into that, you know, opportunists sometimes hired to be system implementers in, in other engagements that we're a part of. And you know, we'll come in and, and work with the, the system themselves and the client and say, okay, you know, here's how we're gonna cross-reference this data. You know, here are name and addresses and their ID information. And now when you put it into a new system, we'll have to cross-reference that because maybe the system that you're taking it from doesn't have the same limitations as the system that you're trying to put it into. 
And so a lot of times you'll have to have a cross-reference of things like your well IDs, your owner IDs, interest types, suspense codes, things like that, that may not be the same between the two systems. And so you have this cross-reference now to get it into the new system. But then if there is a PPA or prior period adjustment, like Byron was mentioning earlier, you know, the users will have to go into the legacy system and find that data, but then they don't necessarily know how to get it into the format in which the new system that they're currently working in needs to be in. And so the legacy data warehouse also allows you to store all of that cross-reference data so that there's not any changes, there's not any unknowns. The user knows that this is what the, the company as a whole is using as their cross-reference. And so it's a single location where that information is all cross-referenced and everyone's using the same cross-reference. That is a, a, a huge issue that a lot of companies run into is that there's just so many Excel files that, like, like Kyle Blair was mentioning earlier that, that they have on their computers that may be updated and then the, the user after them doesn't know about that update. So this solution allows that all to be stored in one place so that the company as a whole is using the same exact cross-reference. Could you pull then from those use cases and I guess relay some of the benefits that your clients are expressing, right? I know Opportune can obviously say what the benefits of the using the tool are, but if you have to, you know, connect that to some specific stuff you've heard from folks that have deployed the tool and put it to good use, what are they seeing as the benefits in practice? And what do you think that says about the utility of the tool and how it should be put to work? Clients have definitely been telling us that, you know, it's, it's user-friendly report creation that then allows making and finding the supporting data that they need to create their prior period adjustments. Super easy. The, the interface, again, using Microsoft Power BI's platform is easy to use and very straightforward. Things are labeled easily. It's a lot of just filtering, clicking, exporting. It, it's made super simple and super easy. That And that's a lot of the feedback that we've been getting from clients. And a lot of them love it because it, it is a, a system agnostic. It doesn't matter where the legacy data is coming from. The way in which we've created the platform and, and the headers and the columns that we've created within the platform are the pieces of information that you would need or that most users are going to want when they're trying to create their prior period adjustments or when they're trying to do historical analytical analysis. Everyone from the land team who is just trying to figure out how owners were potentially paid and then bumping that up against lease agreements to the revenue team going in and saying, you know, how was this, how was this purchaser paying us? And then how did that go down to the, the owners? And then in the, the jib, the joint interest billing team going and saying, okay, well, hey, you know, how did we historically, or the, the company that we bought this from, how are they jibbing out these expenses to their working interest partners? It allows a, a one-stop place for teams across the company. And like Kyle was mentioning earlier, how everyone's needing the same data, they're using it differently. This allows one place for all of those people to go and look at the exact same data and then pull the information that they need from that data. But then at least you know that as a company, everyone's using the exact same data source and not pulling from different places. And so one of the biggest things that we've heard from clients is that, you know, it's super easy tool to use. It allows people to trust the data that they're using and it allows everyone to know that they're using the exact same data. And I think the use of it is, is kind of, there's two specific places that I've noticed that, that clients are appreciative that, that this is being used and it's a, a big bonus for them, mostly one is, you know, no such thing as a perfect company on a month to month basis, um, you know, doing transactions. If there is, 
you know, congratulations, you guys are, are perfect. But you know, I think that the biggest problem is, is you can't really predict when you're going to, when, and I'm not going to necessarily say it's a mistake, but like, you know, if a price changes or, you know, something, something changed in a contract or, and it, and it wasn't readily done in real time, you can't really predict when you're going to need to make an adjustment or future adjustment. So it could be, you know, a month, it could be a couple of months, it could be a year. And I, and I think the big issue with that is you, you never really know. And so having that backlog is something that's always going to happen. You're always going to have multiple months of, you know, I didn't really get to this because I have to do my month to month duties, but also I need to go back and, and fix those mistakes. And just like real life, if you don't, you know, fix your, your ongoing mistakes, they become compounding mistakes and not necessarily a mistake, but like I, I said, also changes stuff, stuff that goes on that normal adjustments, normal adjustments. Also, it's, it's something that you need to, that you need to fix eventually. And a lot of people just put it on the backlog one, because it's something that they'll get to, or two, they wait until it's required and having this easy to do, I think mentally and, you know, actually it makes people less worried about sitting down and, 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 and making these adjustments. It's easier to do. And so you have a lot less of a backlog and I've, I've worked with companies that have had a multiple year backlog and they've made specific teams solely to work on that. So you've had to go hire people to literally only do that job. And so having this tool, you don't necessarily need to do that. And it's just another duty that you can utilize to do. So, you know, I, I have my monthly duties. And if, if I need to make an adjustment in the future, I've got this one place I can go and do it as opposed to, oh my gosh, we have this huge headache that's going on forever. We need to go hire some people to take care of that. And so, you know, you, you can keep it in house essentially with the solution. And going off of Kyle's point too, even, even if you do have the perfect company, maybe the company that you purchased was not the perfect company. And now there are things that are coming up that the company that was doing before you need to fix because you know, contractually that it is now you as the company who've acquired the asset or acquired that company um, is now on the hook to making, making those things right. So even if, you know, even for the perfect company, this is still a perfect tool for them because the company that maybe they, they acquired wasn't the perfect company, but this allows them to put all their data in one spot and it allows them to have their users go in and, pull that data out easily to then create these prior period adjustments that potentially the, the company that was before them that they acquired wasn't doing correctly. Um, so th this tool is, is great for, for all companies. Kyle Lung, uh, at least you've mentioned the energy industry a lot in your examples. Would you say that this is targeted specifically for companies in the energy industry, or do you find a lot of use cases for companies outside of the sector to utilize Opportune's tool? And, you know, walk us through any nuances if you do see differences in use cases, depending on which industry is putting it to work. No, this tool is definitely designed for an energy industry. You know, it was, it was created by folks within the energy industry, and it's for the use of those people. The columns and the data in which we are, are trying to extract in the, in the data that is in the, in the product is specifically for the energy industry. And like a lot of other Opportunes tools, I know that there's always fresh updates and you adjust the quality and the scope of the tool to match the needs of your clients and the needs of the time. So can y'all give us any updates on improvements to the tool that are ongoing right now? You know, Give us that lay of the land and curious how you see that staying one step ahead of where you see the industry needing some support today. Of course, as time goes on and, and we continue to to implement this for our clients, 
every single client may need something a little bit different or they'll go in and say, you know what, it'd be really nice if we had this. Um, and so we are always continuing to listen to our clients to say, you know what, is there any way that we can improve this tool other than what it is now? And, and, and so we are continually always trying to make updates to make sure that the tool is, is up to date and doing exactly what the clients need. One of the things that we have been working on with the client is that the tool itself is system agnostic, but there are times where you know, we've talked a lot about prior period adjustments where clients will go in, use the tool to pull that data out and then create prior period adjustment journal entries or, or templates in order to put into their current system. What we've worked on building is, you know, depending on who the client is and what system they're using, will help create that template within the tool itself. So it will pull that data and put it into the template in which the user will then actually extract from the tool and then upload directly into their current accounting system. This has helped save clients tremendous amount of time because instead of having to, let's say, go to a, a legacy system or go to a, a single data storage place, they can now just go into our tool, filter to the data that they're looking for, extract that data, and it is already in the template in which they need it. And so a lot of these templates, they'll have multiple columns that have the same the same data within it. And so we can populate that data automatically for them. And then they'll need to take that data, you know, historically, and then copy and paste it from wherever they pulled that data from, and then put it into their templates. This is a one-stop shop now where they can go in to a tab within the, the legacy data warehouse and filter down to the information that they need and extract that data. And it is already in the template format in which they need to then load into their system. And one of the other things that we've worked on is <clears throat> historically, you would need to take a reverse and a rebook. And so the system also creates that reverse and rebook within the same upload file and within the same export. So instead of having to go to two, two different places to export that data, just exporting the original data and then needing to create the reverse, this tool allows the reverse and the rebook to be extracted in one single source at one time. And then you don't have to worry about potentially missing a negative sign or forgetting to flip a sign somewhere. This allows it to all be done systematically, which then hopefully in the long run saves even more time because then there won't be any mistakes done by the users themselves. All right, team, what I want to do now is kind of open it up to hear from each of y'all, uh, maybe an anecdote or a specific example of your favorite implementation of this tool or just one that really stands out to you as a perfect encapsulation of this legacy data warehouse business intelligence management being put to the right use, turning into some quality insights and a better overall picture and strategy for you know, X industry or X company. So give me your thoughts there on what each of y'all see as a, a major standout and why. Sure. So um, recent implementation, we actually were the, we were involved in extracting the data out of the legacy system for a, for our client who purchased the assets. And a couple of months after, um, there were a couple of questions. And so we actually had access to the legacy system for some period of time. And somebody from somebody un unfamiliar with the data warehouse tool asked us because they knew that we helped with the data conversion. Hey, I need to know how this owner was historically paid. Can you go back and look into legacy system and extract how they were historically paid? 
and I, it was so nice because I got to say, I can actually, I can show you how to do that yourself using this legacy tool, got her access to the data warehouse and she was able to do all of her own research. Hmm. And now she knows when she has a question going forward, she doesn't have to worry about whether or not opportune is around to be able to answer the question. Some, some independence of the tool. That's, that's yeah. important. Do you find that customer education and empowering them to understand the full scope of the tool is an essential piece of the puzzle? Yeah, and I would say you know it it, it seems very well received, and then when they start to test or you know test it or to use it in a live capacity, their feedback has been very beneficial. You know, there there have been times where we originally said we're going to cross reference. You know, these four fields like we have for previous clients, they actually start using it and they say, oh, it would also be nice if we would have captured this. And so we make that part of the tool going forward. We look back at clients that already have it and say, hey, do you guys also, you also want to capture this? Um, it's It's been nice to see that with each implementation, of course, there's an iteration of the functionality. I think that the, to kind of piggyback on what she was saying there is the nice part about it is you know, this was originally built for something that's one of the more difficult things that people do on a on a month to month basis or day to day basis with their job. And I think um, a lot of clients have been happy enough with it that they've they've kind of taken a step back and seen big picture and be like, if we can use this for something, you know, as granular and specific as this, there's a lot of less difficult, less, you know, time, time consuming things that we could benefit from here. And I, I think that's that's been kind of nice is is and again, it's a little Pareto principle, 80, 20 type stuff is. Um, they, they use this specifically for, for, for a good amount of what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, but those very specific one-offs that they have, they kind of start thinking bigger picture about, Hey, this would be, this would be really nice if we could handle this particular transaction that we do, or this particular scenario that happens once every quarter here. And then it just, it, it kind of almost brings ingenuity to, then you kind of put the customer in the, uh, uh, the mindset of what else can I do here? And so hmm kind of takes away from the monotony of I show up to work, I do my job every day, whatever. And you get a lot more creativity out of, out of people that otherwise wouldn't be thinking that. Right. Any other good anecdotes from the rest of y'all? I think if I, just, if I just had to give a quick boilerplate or a, a quick 30 second, you know, what does this to, tool do? I would say, you know, legacy or, or prior go live prior period adjustments have played companies for years and anytime a transition transaction was not natively processed in the quote live system built-in reverse and rebook logic doesn't always trigger so to reduce this burden on the accounting staff companies have historically either left legacy systems available for querying or have extracted and shelved revenue and billable history for future research and use opportunes legacy data warehouse provides a system agnostic area to store revenue owner distribution and billing history in one place, regardless of the system or regardless of the acquisition source. All right, y'all. I think on that note, Kyle wrapped us up really well. We'll go ahead and put a pin in this podcast. Uh, if y'all have any final thoughts, I'll open it up one more time. Anything else? No, I think Kyle wrapped it up. Perfect. Then I think with that, we'll go ahead and call this podcast. So thank you again to the three of you for your perspectives today, walking us through some of the challenges and motivators for uh, businesses to rethink their data warehouses and their business intelligence strategies. And then again, how Opportune's solution fits into a bigger ecosystem of strategies for making better sense of all of this important data. So thanks again to our three guests, Byrony Cohn, Kyle Lung, 
and Kyle Blair. Byron, he's a principal. Kyle's a manager. And Kyle Blair is a director all at Opportune. So, Byron, Kyle, and Kyle, thanks again for y'all's time. It really was a pleasure getting to pick your brains. And if folks want to find out more about this solution, maybe they want to get in touch with one of y'all uh, for some direction or advice on how to get started, uh, where can we point them to? LinkedIn is probably the best place. Absolutely. Perfect. Easy enough. All right, team. Thanks again for y'all's time. It really was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Daniel. Thanks. Bye, guys. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want some previous episodes or you want to find out more about our legacy data warehouse business intelligence solution, you can head to our website, opportune.com. Again, opportune.com. And you can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Energy to Business. Energy to Business.